G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Monday, it's always good to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby, talking through issues that have come to pass over the weekend and those things that are on the agenda for the coming week. Dan Flynn is joining us today. He's the Victorian State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan Flynn, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. Glad to be back. Hey, Dan, we can't go past talking about the Prime Minister for a few minutes because he's been in the US. This has been the biggest story dominating the headlines, uh, with the Prime Minister getting the red carpet treatment in the US with President Donald Trump. It certainly is a significant event over this past weekend. Well, that's certainly true, and I think the Prime Minister's you know, very much uh, well representing us, uh, uh, he and his wife, Jenny, and... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of pageantry, a lot of red carpet, and uh, uh, you know, there's uh, just a great effort uh, by the Trump administration to uh, make Australia feel special, uh, to make our Prime Minister feel special, um, and I think uh, at a deeper level to you know strengthen an alliance that's uh, been going for you know uh, many many years, a um, hundred years in and a hundred good to go. It's um, Prime Minister Morrison says so. Look, I think it's I think it's all good. I think it's been um, handled very well by Prime Minister Morrison. Um, you know, he continues to uh, assert Australia's interests, and that's no doubt um, you know the the role he has to put Australia's interests first. Um, and um, uh, you know, yeah, that's uh, uh, he's working with a very unconventional president, and I think it's it's going pretty well. Well, Dan, only the second world leader to receive that high diplomatic honour of the US state visit uh, during President Trump's time in office. Uh, You couldn't help but feel a little bit special when you were hearing that sort of thing over the weekend and, you know, just a few of the celebrities arriving for the dinner and uh, and the fact that, yes, only the second in the entire time that Trump has been president. uh, Does that make us in some ways special? I mean, I I guess this is what it is, isn't it? Uh, It uh, designates us to be a special friend of the US. Well, I think so, and I think that um, you know uh, our prime minister is uh, you know relatively uh, new on the scene in terms of world leaders, and um, uh, you know there's only good that's happened between Prime Minister Morrison and President Trump. Some of the other leaders have um, uh, you know there's, there's been sort of missteps in their relationships, and they're not those, the other relationships with world leaders uh, perhaps not all they could be, but. Uh, certainly, uh, Prime Minister Morrison has started well. Uh, there's been no difficult phone calls in commencement, as there was with Prime Minister Turnbull. Uh, so um, there's a lot to celebrate, I think, from uh, President Trump's point of view, uh, that he has a world leader who um, he, get along with, he gets along with and who uh, hasn't created major problems for the U.S., 
I guess the media always looks for controversy in these sorts of gatherings. And, uh, you know, when we talk about a hundred years of mateship and a relationship especially forged in the battlefield, uh, those things are really uh, fabulous things to reflect on. And uh, and I think even the Prime Minister said, you know, uh, toast to a hundred years of the past and the next hundred years ahead. So the idea of continuing that strong relationship. But then other issues, uh, discussions about... Iran downplayed a little bit about what Australian role there might be if there are developments there. Any thoughts on any of those big international issues and uh, the issues around China, the sensitivities there because Australia has a particular place? Uh, what are your thoughts on any of the, the things that have been discussed or, or don't they really rate as highly as perhaps uh, the other side of it, the pageantry and the celebration? Oh, no, I think discussions on China and Iran are particularly important and uh, where President Trump prates with a very broad brush and makes very broad uh, statements, uh, often, you know, very unexpected and, uh, uh, you know, unscripted. Uh, I think our Prime Minister has been, um, you know, quick to, in a sense, rein those in in terms of, uh, you know, Australia's uh, uh, involvement or non-involvement with any um, you know, type of military activity uh, involving, you know, Iran, for example, he was quick to rein in uh, that, you know, there was no, um, there was no military um, engagement with Iran. Um, so he, he has to be quick uh, to um, restate matters, in a sense, to, in a, in a sense, perhaps stabilise the discussion. And certainly it's in Australia's national interest that he does that, and he has done that. Uh, and... Uh, uh, yeah, so he's managed those challenges, I think, uh, you know, with ease. Uh, but it is important that um, uh, Australians understand, and I'm sure this is uh, Mr Morrison's intention, uh, that uh, there will be no um, radical or um, um, yeah, surprising manoeuvres from the Australian government uh, in response to anything that Pre- President Trump says about China or about Iran. Speaking of surprising manoeuvres, uh, was a certain level of excitement, uh, depends on what side you come from on in the political uh, spectrum here, but uh, uh, the announcement over the weekend, uh, Dan, the government's going to spend $150 million over five years to help Australian businesses get involved in America's planned mission to the moon and then uh, using that as a sort of a stepping stone onto Mars. Uh, interesting development there for Australia and our aspirations for becoming involved more deeply in space exploration. Well, I think this is terrific, Neil, and you know, no doubt people will recall, um, you know, uh, President Kennedy's um, announcement in you know 1961, and you know that there will be we'll get a man on the moon by the end of the decade. That was achieved. Um, these sorts of uh, nation-building statements have an incredible capacity to galvanise and to advance technology uh, as people pursue a particular goal. creates a terrific sense of unity. And so for, um, yep, put someone back on the moon as a stepping stone to Mars, um, all sounds incredible, Um, probably about as incredible as going to the moon sounds in 1961. Uh, So I think this is a positive thing for Australia to be involved in and can only enhance our, you know, scientific uh, capabilities inspire a generation, inspire our school children uh, to um, develop a love for the sciences, uh, uh, and, and that's all got to be a good thing, um, you know, in terms of sharpening 
the capacity of our population. Dan, let's come back to Australia for a few moments here. Uh, The New South Wales abortion bill, it has been uh, hideously controversial over these past couple of weeks. Uh, I wonder whether you've got a a little bit of an idea of uh, things that did begin to develop last week and and what lies ahead on the political agenda this week for New South Wales. Uh, Pretty serious stuff here. Well, there's a there's a lot of uh, dust and uh, you know turmoil about this whole thing, but I think, um, and I know your listeners are very concerned about where this is up to. Uh, the abortion debate in the upper house is probably three quarters of the way there. Uh, there was phenomenal pressure brought on the national party uh, to um, you know have some um, MPs. Uh, if they wouldn't vote against the bill, to at least vote for amendments. And phenomenal pressure brought upon the Premier uh, to uh, see if she could uh, bring some influence on the Upper House Liberal Party MPs to um, support some amendments to um, make this bad bill a little better. Um, Unfortunately, the numbers just have not been there in the Upper House uh, to defeat the bill. Um, I think the bill passed what they call the second reading stage, 25 to uh, 26 to 15, something of that order. It just shows that gap uh, was too difficult to bridge. But uh, there has been a lot of work done, particularly by Tanya Davies, uh, who's an MP in the lower house. Uh, herself, along with one or two other colleagues, have said that they will defect from the Liberal Party, deny the Premier majority government in the lower house, unless there were meaningful amendments passed in the upper house. And by that, she means a ban on gender selection abortion. She means that babies born alive be given medical care, uh, that doctors not have to refer for abortions, and that there be some uh, realistic limit on late-term abortion. So this bill was debated day and night last week and will return to the upper house tomorrow. Um, There have been a couple of um, uh, wins, and I, I use that word um, advisedly because they've been very small wins. They may in fact be only token wins. Um, One of the wins relates to babies born alive as a result of of an abortion. Uh, Fred Nile um, wanted a requirement that they be transferred to different hospitals. Um, There was a a bill passed, uh, sorry, an amendment passed um, pushed by the National Party uh, MP Nile Blair, basically saying the duty owed by a doctor or nurse provide medical care to a person uh, born as a result of a termination is no different to the duty owed uh, to a person born other than a result of, of a termination. It's, it looks good, um, but it basically, um, uh, I don't think it really helps a lot. There's nothing meaningful said about life uh, support or um, you know, an endeavour to revive a baby. Um, the duty owed to a baby born alive after an abortion is pretty debatable um, because that baby will be, um, you know, severely poisoned. Uh, It doesn't require the doctors to take particular effort to revive that baby. So it feels a little bit like window dressing, to be honest. Um, There was another amendment passed uh, that stated simply that um, the New South Wales opposes sex-selective abortions um, and, you know, a statement of opposition is not that meaningful because there's no penalty. It doesn't outlaw or ban sex-selective abortions, which is what Tanya Davies wanted. Um, 
on the third point, a doctor having to refer for an abortion, the, leg- the amendment that did pass said that a doctor who was opposed to abortion would have to refer the mother to New South Wales Health, the health department. Well, you know, what happens from there, we can only guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems a very flimsy uh, amendment because the pro-abortion um, um, doctors, um, you know, are likely to be... Um, um, referred uh, out by that New South Wales Health, that particular mother. So it seems like a an intermediary step that really has no particular help uh, for uh, pro-life doctors. They won't want to refer the mother to New South Wales Health because they know what's going to happen next. Um, and the final issue that's up for debate this week is the issue of late-term abortion. And we don't know um, what amendment will pass, if any, and we don't know whether Tanya Davies... Uh, MP and her colleagues will in fact withdraw their support from the government uh, if these four amendments don't amount to um, the claims that she has made. Well, uh, one quick comment here from you, Dan, because I note that so many people cannot believe that the National Party in the Upper House in New South Wales has been so pro-abortion. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts or whether the Australian Christian Lobby has uh, had contact with any of those National Party's MPs in the Upper House uh, with regard to this because uh, people can't believe that the National Party, which has typically been uh, conservative, has taken such a different radical approach to this abortion issue. Any thoughts there? Um, 13, sorry, uh there are 30 National Party MPs in the Upper House. 11 of them voted for abortion at the second reading stage. So that shows the extent of the problem. Um, we, ha- we did seek a meeting uh, with the leader, uh, John Barillaro, um, and, uh, but we have not been successful in obtaining that meeting. Um, Kieran Jackson, our New South Wales uh, director, um, uh, was um, authorised a pamphlet that went into a number of National Party electorates um, um, you know, just basically explaining uh, how these National Party MPs uh, voted uh, for abortion. Uh, so there was considerable pressure uh, applied. Uh, there were protests outside of the annual general meetings the last couple of weeks of the National Party. Um, and so uh, a lot of pressure has been applied. Yes, it's hard to understand uh, why the National Party um, on this topic have seemed as... Uh, left-wing as the Greens, if I can put it that way. Um, the pressure brought to bear has brought forward the amendments that I referred to above. Whether they're more than window dressing uh, remains to be seen. We'll keep an eye on that space, but I appreciate your update today, Dan Flynn. Dan Flynn, the Victorian State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Let me point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website where you can use a lot of the articles there as a resource uh, where there's all sorts of uh, petitions, downloads, uh, opportunities to participate in what's happening in the process that's shaping our nation. It's acl.org.au, ACL, the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au. Dan Flynn, thanks so much for taking some time to update us today on 2020. That's my pleasure. Thanks so much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. 
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.